Hello and welcome to Reddit Readings and Episode 89. In this episode we are covering the posts on r slash malicious compliance. It's fun seeing so many joining our Discord server, we love talking to you guys. In the podcast's description you can find the link to join our community. But now, let's jump into our first story posted by user more guns than hands, with the title. Nobody can have a five-fifths in all categories two years in a row. Mark him as a four-fifths. Now streaming, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No These were the words my HR said to my manager when he put in my annual performance review for this past year. To explain a little background, I work in a niche part of research agriculture. I'm good at my job, I do it well, and everywhere I've went I've made myself extremely hard to replace. Basically I'm good at what I do and it reflects. My manager is very open with me, he is the most transparent manager I've ever had, in fact he shares with me certain details that I'm not supposed to know such as salary raises, bonuses, stupid things that HR says to him in an email. After another great year of research and proving myself invaluable, which not only included two raises, 25% salary bump altogether, a hefty bonus, title promotion, enrolled in a mentoring program, listed as an extremely high performer by upper management, and being put in charge of advancing several field technology advancement projects, basically incorporating new cutting-edge tech in the field of research, all while attending college, company was sending me back for free. I figured I had killed it for the year. Reports were done and filed. Everything from safety to EHS to the I's being dotted and T's crossed was done. I could not have finished the year any better. Now this was the end of my second year at this job. During my first year review I had been marked as a 5 all around by my manager. There's something like 4 categories you can score in, impressing not only him but several of the upper management seat holders as well as the company VP. That's what led to my promotion and raises. This last annual review my manager was having issues submitting my review. After some emails back and forth with HR, he explained to me that HR had just informed him that nobody can have a five-fifths in all categories two years in a row. Mark him as a four-fifths. This was the general synopsis of the email. So I did what I do best when I get petty. I asked my manager to forward me the email. Informed him I was okay with the four-fifths rating and that I don't expect him to try to fight HR on it. Then let the process stew for a few weeks. After the reviews were finished and sent back, they were accompanied with a VIP projections for the next year, 
salary increases and bonuses. And what do you know? My percentages were marked lower because I had gone from a 5 fifths to a 4 fifths. Since the report made it seem that my performance had lacked this year from the last because of my score, even though my actual performance never suffered, I was put in a lower category of a VIP. Meaning less money for me, which wasn't gonna fly. I put together all of the report, the email from HR, as well as the input from both my manager and my peers that are included in my review, and emailed it to my VP, Director of Marketing, and Director of R&D, with my manager and HRCCEDI wrote. This is fairly summarized. Due to the failure of the company to recognize my growth as an individual and mark me as slipping backwards on a progressional chart when it was obvious I had not. I will henceforth begin taking on only 80% or four-fifths of the current workload I have been assigned. I have been absolutely committed to the work and projects I have been assigned, in fact getting my station ahead on audits, various projects, and coming under budget for the second year in a row seems to have been overlooked when due diligence was observed for my annual review, all due to the fact that an employee cannot be a five-fifths twice in a row. I believe it to be absurd that this is how my performance is graded when I have had no complaints or issues from my peers, customers, or managers throughout the year, in fact being told the exact opposite. I will look forward to my performance review next year to see how HR determines my new score. I sent this on a Friday at 4 p.m. right before I left. I got an email Sunday evening from my VP with HRCCED stating that my review has been changed. Monday morning I had my new AVIP projections in my inbox. Sometimes you gotta go to bat for yourself. Edit. To everyone asking. Yes I did get permission from my manager to use his email in my email. He has advocated for me in the past and is all for personal growth. He has been known to butt heads with some people in the past but as far as I've seen there has been no retaliation towards him. The rule was one made by our parent company. The parent company has several thousand employees while the company I work for only has approximately 150 employees nationwide including the management team. I don't remember the exact number but it's small. Many of the policies are adopted from our parent company but in this few my VP decided to ignore the rule. And to those who are claiming my story is fictitious you're free to feel that way but nothing about my profile nor my comments would otherwise point to me making up stories for karma or praise. Also if you're being walked over at work or treated badly, stand up for yourself. Learn to sell yourself and refuse to take mistreatment from employers. Employers who mistreat and abuse their staff are not worth your time or your mental health. Our next story is posted by user Snadsnack7, with the title Lady doesn't want a drink for her food, so has to pay for each item individually. I worked at a KFC for about six months as my first job, and this happened towards the end of my stay. One of our managers, who all dub, Jay, is pretty strict with us in order to keep up with time and company policy but we didn't mind as he usually worked online with us, rather than sit in the office all day. And he does not have patience for rude people. And on one typical military payday Friday, in towns next to military bases, all soldiers come in force on payday. We were slammed, and he was working register, when a lady orders one of our 12-piece buckets, biscuits and all. 
Now usually you can save some money by ordering them as a meal, gives you drinks as well. So as usual, he asks what drink she wants, intending to make it a meal automatically. She declines the drinks. He tries to explain. Ma'am, if we make it a meal, you'll, and she cuts him off, with, I don't care, I don't need drinks. As I said before, he hates rude people, so he immediately shuts up, smiles to me, says, Sand Snake 7, can I get a 12-piece family fill up, and don't worry about the drinks. Before turning to her and finishing the order, which took a moment as we couldn't simply press the combo button anymore, rather we had to ring up all items themselves. He then had to ring up every single item individually, which racks up the price given the amount of items. And then finishes the order, which was well above what the normal price would be. It initially went off without a hitch, but unfortunately for us at the time, retelling a funny story later wasn't really a thought at the time. Rather we just wanted to keep the line moving. The family behind her ordered another 12-piece family fill-up, but they ordered the combo. As Jay was finishing up the second family order, the first one stepped aside to check the bags for everything, then they hear the price. Jay rang the second family for almost half the price of theirs, and she storms over. How come theirs is so cheap, we ordered the same thing? She asks. To which Jay replies, wearing the standard issue customer service smile. You said you didn't want no combo. Ma'am. So I rang them up individually. Ma'am. So you paid for them, not as a combo, but as the order you insisted on me making, ma'am. She then asks for the manager, claiming we were scamming her, to which Jay responds by walking behind the wall, and coming back two seconds later wearing his manager vest. And Jay says, hello, I heard we had a problem and I came to see what I can help with. She grabs her food and leaves. Our next story is posted by user Chris Hansen Fetish, with the title. If you want the promotion, you'll have to be willing to work without the benefits. The entry-level position at my old company is a revolving door. The pay is low, the work is unrewarding, and the expectations are unattainably high for the vast majority of the staff. The average time in that position is six months. This is by design. It's a position that requires minimal training and there are plenty of applicants willing to work for minimum wage. It's actually a really great entry into the field and uses all of the industry standard practices and tools. Most people use it as a launching point for a successful career and move on to a higher paying job after half a year. One of the cool things about the position is that they offer a great perk for paid time off. You get one hour of PTO for every 30 hours worked. There are no caps on accrual or limits on usage. It's a great way to attract recent college grads to the position. They feel like they're getting a great benefit, and the company knows that they'll be gone in six months anyway, so they don't end up paying for a lot of time off. I took the job fully expecting to be gone within a year, but I ended up thriving in the position. My bosses were impressed, and they offered me raises if I would stay with the company and increase my scope of responsibility. Every time I started to think that my career was stagnating, they would make staying in that position worth it. After a couple of years, I had learned enough that I felt confident in my ability to take on a mid-level role, so I asked for consideration. 
The mid-level role comes with benefits and a salary, along with a title that would look great on my resume. The drawback was that this position has a cap of four days of PTO usage per year. Still, it would be a great stepping stone in my career, so I was eager to move up. The only problem is that the mid-level position hires from a pool of candidates with an MBA, which I don't have. My boss told me that they would love to have me work on that team, and would give me a good raise, but I wouldn't get the title, salary, or benefits without an MBA. Works for me. I know how to write a resume and present myself in an interview, so the title is meaningless as long as I'm doing the work of that role. The pay increase would be great leverage while I search for a new job. And I don't need the benefits. I don't need to be on the company's healthcare plan because I get free healthcare from the VA. I don't need their 401k plan because my wife's company has a better one. I don't need their student loan repayment benefits because the GI Bill paid for my degree. So I took the promotion, but I kept my original title. I don't think they realized that this means I also kept my original PTO structure, and at my new pay rate, giving me that much PTO would be kind of expensive. After about a year in that position, I was ready to move on. I told my boss I wanted to use all of my available PTO and he said, no problem. Enjoy your four days. No, you don't understand. I'm still a entry-level job title. I'm off for the next six weeks. I actually did take a month off and had a great time. Then I started job hunting full-time and quickly got offers. When my PTO was over, I came back to the company with my two weeks notice. The timing was bad for the company because they didn't plan on spending that much on PTO that quarter. I hope they've revisited their decision to tell me that I was capable of doing a job but not qualified for the benefits of that job. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our next story is posted by user Rashmi Salva, with the title, Don't want to move your car for one day. Lose your convenient parking spot for a year. This happened on last the 26th of January and today the malicious compliance was done not by me but the committee of the society where I live. This drama conveniently happened in front of my window. In my city the residential complexes are managed by housing societies much like the WA system in the USA, just not as horrible. Each society has their own committee to manage day-to-day -day affairs. Also, as my society has much more parking spaces than it has cars, it has no designated parking spots allotted to the residents. Anyone can park their vehicle wherever they want but it must be a marked parking spot. People mostly park their cars in the same parking spot just because of convenience and habit. Everyone mostly respects each other's spot and I have never seen any confrontations happening because of the parking. So, those of you who don't know, 26th January is the Republic Day of India and all over the country the day is celebrated by flag hoisting ceremony in the morning. 
the flagpole of our society where the flag hoisting ceremony will be held is just in front of main gate of society. There are two parking spaces just under the flagpole. All other parkings are further away from main gate and you have to walk some distance to reach there from the main gate. The thing to note is that these two parkings are very very convenient for all the flats which are facing this flagpole. However, out of respect people have left one of the parking for one elderly person whose flat faces the flagpole and the other spot is taken up by an annoying kind of person who never moves his car from this place, else someone will steal his spot. If this person wants to get into his car he just has to walk a dozen feet from his front door. On the evening of the 25th of January committee members asked this person to move his car for a day so that the decorations and other arrangements for the next day's flag hoisting can be made. Someone had already moved the car of the elderly person. However, the annoying guy was too frustrated about moving the car and first argued a lot with committee people saying that there is no such rule in society rule book that someone has to move their car for any kind of festivities and if you want to move his car you have to write a rule in the rule book. After a lot of arguments and interference of other people he finally moved his car. The decorations were done in the night and next day a small but beautiful ceremony was held. And in the evening of 26th everyone in the society received a message that there was an emergency meeting of the committee. The rule book has been amended and it has been decided that those two parking spots have to be converted into one and anyone who wants to park in that one spot has to take prior permission from the society committee. As expected only two people applied for that parking spot the elderly person and the annoying guy. And today the committee unanimously decided that the elderly person is in much more need of that convenient parking spot because of his age and that spot has been allotted to him for one year. Now the annoying guy has to park his car far from his front door for at least one year. Pretty sure that he is not going to get the spot next year too. He is not going to like this more in the coming rainy season. As we live in Mumbai which is notorious for its horrible monsoon rains each year. All this just because he didn't want to move his car for one day. Our next story is posted by user Rustic Whiskey, with the title. Get rid of my vacation? Have fun replacing me. I originally posted this as a comment on another thread, but realized it needed its own limelight. I worked at a company that gave out exorbitant amounts of vacation. Anyone who worked there for 25 plus years received 8 weeks of vacation and 2 weeks of personal time. This was a family-owned company, but rather large. We ran 3 shifts totaling 250 plus people. Enter Jimmy. Jimmy was a gristled old man. He started at the company when he was just 20. Now he was 63 and gave absolutely zero shits. Jimmy also knew how to make a specific part for our product him and one other higher up in the office. One day the plant owner comes out and announces he's selling to a corporation. He's older and ready to retire. He promises that there will be very little change and wishes us all well. The new company comes in and immediately goes after many of the great benefits we had. The first thing they do is cut everyone's max vacation down to four weeks and do completely away with personal time. Anyone who's maxed out had until December 31st of that year to use it up, and they wouldn't pay it out. They then go into the office and clean house, firing anyone who's close to retirement. 
including Jimmy's backup. But they also do away with one very important rule. You no longer have to get vacation approved. You can just call in and take it. Jimmy is pissed, and they know it. They realize he's the only one in the building that can do his job now. So they hire a new kid for him to train, most likely to permanently replace Jimmy. So Jimmy does what anyone would do. He calls in the first training day for the new hire, and lets us know he's going to use all of his PTO at once, and promptly takes 10 weeks off. We had a back stock of parts he had made, so it wasn't too unnerving. But for 10 weeks, Jimmy went and applied to other jobs, found one, and started. Fast forward 10 weeks, it's the day Jimmy is supposed to return. He doesn't. For two days they try calling him, and even go to his house. He's nowhere to be found. Finally on day three he calls and resigns, and they lose their shit. The parts he makes are specialized and patented by the original founder. You can't just hire someone off the street to make them. What eventually happened was they had to contract the original owner to come in and teach some new hires how to make them, and when he found out what all they had done it pissed him off. The last I heard he charged them a seven-figure contract to teach them how to produce the parts, and they had to pony up, or close down. Moral of the story, don't fuck with people's vacation time. Our final story is posted by user Federal Ant 9 with the title X's Divorce Lawyer. Send three years of complete financials or else. Me. As you wish. This happened several years ago when my ex and I were going through a heated divorce, custody battle. While we were married, we had a couple of conversations about how rich people hide their assets to avoid paying taxes. I've never had enough assets to do this, but she somehow got the idea that I was and told her attorney that I was laundering money and hiding income. It was more likely the heat of the moment as divorce, custody battles often come down to. I couldn't even afford my own attorney so I represented myself. Her lawyer wasn't a total ass, but he clearly was out to get me, and he talked down to me like I didn't deserve to breathe the same air. One day, I get a letter in the mail from him requesting an updated income declarations form and three years of financials. It had a long ass list of things to include. I own a communications tech company that was in super startup phase back then. Money was already tight. I was trying to get this business off the ground with no financing. I was finishing my MBA with scholarships and loans. So paying for copies and postage or driving this 30 miles to his office meant eating peanut butter and saltines for a week. So I called him to explain my situation. He all but called me a liar and didn't believe I couldn't afford it. I was put off by that, and I said this was taking time away from business I needed to handle. To which he replied, and I'll never forget this, well, according to your income declarations, you're not that busy. What do you do all day? He then said if he didn't get these documents, he would consider my previous filings as fraudulent tell the judge, contact the DAW, and also alert the state tax agency and IRS. Probably an empty threat, but I'm no lawyer. Efax is one of the services my company provides, and at this time it was relatively unknown. So I asked him if he has a fax machine. He said he had a fax, scanner, copier device, then said what law office doesn't have a fax machine. And I suddenly got an idea. Okay, 
I said to him, I'll put together and fax whatever I can. Okay, motherfucker. You want three years of financials? You got it. I scanned to PDF every receipt I could find. McDonald's receipt from five years ago? Fuck it. Won't hurt to include it. CVS receipt? It's three miles long, perfect. They get the $1 off toothpaste coupons too. I downloaded every bank statement, credit card statement, purchase orders from vendors, and every invoice I sent to clients. I printed to PDF the entire three-year accounting journal, monthly, quarterly, annual balance sheets, cash flow statements, P&Ls. Not only did I PDF three years of tax filings, but every single letter I received from the IRS and state tax agency, including the inserts advising me of my rights. It took a while, but I was a few days ahead of the deadline. I made a cover page black background with white lettering. Wherever I could, I included separator pages in all caps in the biggest, boldest font that would fit on the page in landscape. 20XX receipts, 20XX taxes, etc. I merged everything into a single 150-plus page compressed PDF and sent the document using my eFax system. Every hour or so, I received a status email saying the fax failed. Huh. That's weird. Well, they're getting this document. So I changed the system configuration to unlimited retries after failures to keep redialing until it went through. Weird. I was still getting status email failures. I'll delete the failure emails and keep the success one after it eventually goes through, I thought. Problem solved. Two days later, a lady from his office called and asked me to stop sending the fax. Their fax, scanner, printer, copier had been printing non-stop. It kept getting paper jams, kept running out of ink and they had to keep shutting it off and back on to print. I explained that her boss told me to send this by the deadline or else he would call the DAW and IRS. Since I didn't want a call from the DAW or the IRS, I would keep sending until I get a success confirmation. I suggested they just not print until my fax completes, but she didn't like that. She asked me to email the documents, and I told a little white lie that my email wouldn't allow an attachment that big. Unless her boss in writing agreed to cancel the request or agree to reimburse me for my costs to print and ship, I said I would continue to fax until they confirm they have received every page. She put me on hold, and the attorney gets on the line. He said forget sending the financials. I said that I would need this in writing, so I will keep sending the fax until he sent that to me. He asked me to stop faxing and he would send it in writing, and I said send it in writing first and then I'll stop. Long moment of silence. Click. About 20 minutes later, I received an email from his assistant with an attached, signed letter in PDF that I no longer needed to provide financials. The letter then threatened to pursue sanctions in court or sue me for interfering with their business. Every time I saw him after that, the lawyer never brought up sanctions, lawsuits, criminal referrals, or financials again. That's it for today's episode of Reddit Readings. Until next time, take care. Bye. True Terrors of Horror Bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence. 
delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.